Hi, and welcome back to another episode of the Prime Defective Podcast. I'm Brian, and with me as always is Jared. Joe on true, Jared. Caldor Joy, Brian. Ah, finally made it through that opening. Yep. <laughs> After I'm having enjoy- <laughs> tried to record it seven times, because my mouth won't work. You should enjoy yourself a nice cup of Earl Grey tea. Hot. Ugh, no, I'm going to have a pitcher of hot cocoa. Yeah, well, that's what I'm drinking. Oh, wait, that was Captain Archer's <laughs> choice of beverage, right? Coco. I forgot about that. Mmm, <laughs> 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 hot. <laughs> What were you going to tell me I should drink? (laughs) The softest captain in Starfleet. (laughs) Yes. I can't wait until we get some Enterprise episodes up in here. I know, it's going to be fun. I'm drinking Earl Grey hot because we're doing a TNG episode. Are you really? Is that what you made me wait for? You went out to make Earl Grey tea? No, I'm drinking coffee. (laughs) So Janeway. You're doing a Janeway. Got it. I mean, listen, I got... What can I do? I can't do... I'm not going to drink tea because I don't like tea. I can do a Janeway. I could do uh, a uh, Archer, which was iced tea, I guess. Well, you, um, like tea. you like iced tea? I do like iced tea. I can't do uh, a Cisco, though, because Cisco's drink was Rathgino, and that's Klingon coffee. I thought it was Rathgino. What did I say? Rathgino? Rathgino. Rathgino? Ractagino? I always thought it was rack, a, like a, oh, a rack. rack. Ractagino? Ractagino? Yeah, maybe Ractagino. you're right. Either way, it doesn't exist, so I can't do it. What was Lorca's drink? Blood? <laughs> I don't know. Something. Instead of black coffee, it's white coffee. Ooh. <laughs> I don't know what Pike's drink is either. Huh. Maybe we'll find out. Yeah. Maybe they just dropped that stupid thing. <laughs> I hope not. It has the potential to be the best that, the best show of Star Trek that's actually on television right now. That is true. That is true. Oh, Speaking you mean drop? That, you mean drop the uh, the drink of choice for each captain? Right. Yeah, because like that was obviously a thing in uh, what would you call Silver Age uh, Trek? Yes. Now they're just like it's modern times. They drink a multitude of beverages. <laughs> why should I be? Why should I be? <laughs> Uh, nailed down to one drink. Yeah, I can't have this guy drinking cocoa every episode. <laughs> Eventually, you get sick of cocoa, or you put on like thirty pounds. <laughs> a beer. I hope ah, Mike just drinks a beer. That would be pretty cool. You know, he's you a working think? man, blue yeah. collar. <laughs> but you, but you know, it won't be just a beer. It'll be like it's a Tamarian ale. No, I hope it's just beer. And that's all he asks for every time. <laughs> Because, does you know, gonna, you can't, you can't a, ask for a label. You can't. So does beer. he get a white can with, with black yeah. lettering and just says beer? No, there's a glass. He gets the glass. Oh, okay. So you don't know the... But he just says beer, gold. And he's like, you know... No way. Pike is a Michelob man. Light, golden piss water comes out of the... <laughs> the champagne of beers? Uh, hey, don't you knock on Miller High Life. I love my Miller High Life. I went and bought beer at the store the other day for grilling for this weekend, and I almost picked up a six-pack mm. of Miller High Life because when I'm just drinking some shitty beer and sitting around, that's the that's the shitty beer choice. 
that would be an awesome catchphrase for him at the you know how like every captain sort of well not every captain but you know Picard had engage mm-hmm. you know give him it's Miller time at the end of every episode. <laughs> <laughs> hey boys, it's Miller time, <laughs> and like everybody on the on the bridge is like, oh god, he said it again. <laughs> it's just not it's not catching on, Pike. Let it go. Not enough people are watching CBS All Access, so they have to start getting fucking product placement. <laughs> I'm going to enjoy a nice Coca-Cola beverage. Yeah. Oh, what kind of beer would you like, sir? <laughs> oh, I think I'll have a, a Coors Light this week. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> anyway, welcome back. Like I said, we're uh, this week we spun the Dabo wheel and we landed on... The Next Generation Season 5, Episode 12, titled Violations. Uh, I don't know who wrote it. I'm not looking at that shit right now. So, go uh, I think this was uh, Jerry Taylor. Pamela, yes, you're right. Pamela Gray and Jerry Taylor. Yes. It was, uh, Pamela Gray was Jerry's intern. Uh, that's two ladies, right? Jerry's Those a- are two ladies, yes. Jerry Taylor is a woman. Uh, so written by those two and uh, directed by Robert Weiner. Weiner? Werner? Weiner. Weimer? Man, it doesn't matter. Man, I need new glasses. Okay. <laughs> well, because I, I can't see what that says. Weimer? <laughs> Weimer? Oh my God! Give me a second. I'll look. <laughs> no, I I have it here. I just it's need Weimer. To... It's Weimer. Okay. Weiner? Anyway, <laughs> you want it to be Weiner, but it's Weimer. <laughs> Uh, so the, uh, and I don't, you know what, I tip, we have typical, oh man, this is a mess. What's this whole mess? thing's a mess. Well, because I, I used to, I was having IMDB up to do the. Oh, the, to read the description? Yeah. So, stand by. This will all be taken out in post. No, it won't. It's like, who, what, I don't care if we waste time. There's tons of time, right? Yeah. Everyone wants to listen to an hour and 15 minute episode of a podcast about a 42 minute show. I'm gonna bet. I bet they really loved the drink bit we did. <laughs> That's staying in. That's good stuff. Uh, so in this episode, uh, transporting three Yulian mind-probing historians, the Enterprise crew is stymied when some of its members fall into a coma. Deanna Troy, the first crew member to come through it, cannot recall anything surrounding the incident. That is the bum, IMDb song. I it sounds, ex- it sounds exciting, doesn't it? I like that they use the word stymied. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this... Uh... And they were, because I'm like, come on, you dumbasses. <laughs> it's clearly what's going on. It's obvious what's going on. Yeah, this... I don't know. Uh, while, while Honor Among Thieves was kind of lame, like, this is just... At least it told a story, and I, I don't know. I guess this tells a story, but I don't I'm care. Gonna, I'm going to tell you why this why this one is not like the idea of the mind rape. Um, I mean, it's kind of cool. I particularly don't like those types of stories where you go into the mind and things aren't real and and whatever, and people go into comas, and if you die in the dream, you're going to die in real. You know, I don't know that you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, the problem I feel with this episode before we get into the specifics of it is that. We know exactly what's going on from the get-go. They don't even try to hide it from the audience. Well, but we don't know who. No, we do know who. Well, 
Okay, we're pretty. I mean, for, we're pretty goddamn sure, but we don't know. It's so telegraphed; it's ridiculous. Right? No, I know. I mean, I mean, uh, I mean, he shows up in all the mind rapes. Yes, it could be somebody else projecting him. I mean, but come on, it's him. I mean, they put the seed of doubt in there. Not for me. For me, for me, the story was we're ahead of the crew because we know the answer. So we're just watching them stumble around the whole time trying to figure it out. And it seems pretty obvious. And also there's a lot of sort of techno babble, medical babble, and shit that we don't really know. So we're just like, just get to the answer, finally, please. They specifically put a red herring in there. The father? The father and... uh, No? I I didn't feel that way. I felt like the father was like a misdirect for them, not for us. Well, no, the, the father is is argumentative a few times, and then he is seen in the flashback of the memory, which we know, obviously, you know, you're, you're meant to, be, you know, you're, the, the person doing the memory probing put that vision in there, but you're meant to believe, oh, maybe it was him. Oh, see, I didn't look at it that way. I read it as... Oh, he's, he's trying to—he's he's, he's covering his tracks. I got it. Right. Okay. Well, that's what he was doing, but yeah, also but no, our Picard, point, it's not the father. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so we're way ahead of ourselves. Yeah, true. Um, but I think that's why this episode, at least for me, is kind of a slog and kind of boring because I know the answer. There's no mystery. Is, There's no mystery. Right. It's very—it's very obvious from the way that they—I mean—they do telegraph it way, way ahead of time. That. The sun is the, the problem, but it would have been good then, actually, if we found out that it was the father and like he was not projecting that into her. Like that would have been a nice twist after they've projected it so far ahead of time that it was the sun. That would have been a nice twist, or if the father had shown up in all the rapes and was being combative, and we'd have been like, "Oh, it's so obvious," and then we find out it was the son. Why couldn't it have been the mother or the mother? She that would have been that, great. That, the mother was a sweet old lady. She was the only nice one out of the three Yulians. The rest of them were dicks as far as I was concerned. That would have been a great twist and way ahead of its time. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> you, nice old lady? She's like, I hate everybody. <laughs> but not only that, but that she mind rapes Troy. <laughs> yeah. So that all right, let's, let's, let's get let's get <laughs> Now that you got all that ahead... <laughs> Uh, so, as it, start, it says, it starts off, uh, the Enterprise is transporting these three folks back to their planet for some reason. I don't remember what the reasoning was. It doesn't matter. But it opens on them, one of them, sitting with Keiko and doing and, and, and showing us what they can do with their, their mind probing and their memories. There's and, two things worth noting here. Mm-hmm. Right at the beginning. This is the only episode of any Star Trek show that Keiko O'Brien appeared without Miles O'Brien in the episode. Wow. Just and the fact two, that she was in it at all, I was like, whoa, they didn't need something for Keiko to do? What the hell? And two, in my opinion, Keiko O'Brien is the most hated character in all of Star Trek. <laughs> Even more than Harry Kim? Oh, I'd take Harry Kim. I'd take fucking Neelix over Keiko O'Brien. I cannot... <laughs> fucking stand her yeah she is a shrew man um 
not bad in this episode by by any means, but it's because she didn't have uh, Miles to henpeck. Yeah, Miles, Miles. <laughs> like any time, like she makes Miles eat her crap food, <laughs> and he's like, "What are we eating?" And she's like, "Seagrass and snails." And he's like, "Oh well, let's try some of my stuff." And she's like, "I don't think so, asshole." And he's like, "Oh okay, <laughs> go back down to transporter room three. <laughs> Stand in front of the transporter band. Now, now we're on a completely different tangent. There'll be plenty of episodes to bitch about Keiko O'Brien, but I fucking hate her the most. <laughs> yeah, she is not. Uh, she's not welcomed. But like I said, in this episode, yeah, whatever. She's <coughs> she's there. She's a person that could have very easily have been anyone else. Well, it, it has a little more impact because we do know who the character is. If it was just some rando, no, I mean it could have been anyone else in the crew. But as we find out. Nobody in the crew wants to have their shit read. Yeah. Which is no very... Way. Yeah, which is... I mean, honestly, if you were a member of a military organization, whether you're the science division or not, would would you want to have people probing your memories? Hell no. I wouldn't want to do that now, and I'm not in any military organization. Right. But Who, sure. I don't want anybody rattling around in my brain. But I love how the Yulians are like, oh, come on, you pussy. Yeah. <laughs> so Keiko remembers some shit about her grandmother. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing nothing of import. Uh, but it, it shows that they able that the that they're able to bring forth these memories, stuff that she couldn't she's like, I always had a vision of this cup, but I never remembered what it was from, but now I know. And um, you know, it shows what they can do. And there's also a discussion there about the fact that the father is the best at it. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that comes at that point or a little bit further in the in the conversation. It is, I think it is later in the show that it's mentioned that not all of this species can do this. It's a train. They, they have to train at it. Right. And uh, he offers to do Beverly Crusher. And she's like, no, 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 that's fine. And uh, I'm not sure if the captain is then either. Anyway, we find out what they do. Big whoop to do. What, uh, they, what do they call them? Their memory archaeologists or something like that? Oh, they, fuck, dude. I can't remember. They call it something like that. <laughs> yeah, so they want to create a kind of like a museum, right? Of people's memories. Isn't that what yeah, their goal that, is? Yeah, yeah, that's right. They were going to do something like that. And they have like eight different species worth of people's memories. So they're trying to create like a, a museum or a... Some type of memorial where you can go and visit people's memories from different species and look what it's like to be in that person's mind or that different species that you don't know. Well, that's good to know that centuries after Keiko O'Brien dies, her stupid cut memory will be around. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So they all sit down to dinner, right? The the crew, you know, the the ones we care about, and (laughs) the three Yulians. And that's when it comes about where they're offering to, like, read... Uh, the captain's mind, or and Jordy, uh, and everyone is kind of very demurring away from it. <laughs> Picard's very much like, I'll have none of that shit. Yeah. <laughs> and the father, that's when the father says, like, the question comes up of like, oh, can all of you do it? Or and they're like, no, we train. It takes it's very long training, and like, we're, some are better than others. And my son tried to read somebody and couldn't pull something out of them after. Days and I was able to pull the thing out of them after like ten minutes. The the father delights in belittling the son. Yes, I mean it's very overt and not subtle. 
That's how some people are. I mean, that's true. I guess so. But and then the son throws a little hissy fit and's like, "Excuse me, I'm," le-, you know, like, and everyone's like, "Oh, why is he leaving? Oh, what's going on?" But not everybody says, "Oh, what's going on?" No, somebody who has an empathetic heart follows him out. Yes, one Deanna Troy follows him out into the hall, asking him how he's doing. I hope everything's okay. I also have an overbearing parent. <laughs> Which I like that bit. I'm like, oh, there's a little callback. It's relatable. It makes sense that this is the character that would go out there and connect with him. Yeah, you know. And uh, she she kinds of she tries to like you know empathize with him and say like I know I know how it is. I was never able really to to deal with it, but at least I remind myself all the time that you know she's a person. She's overbearing, but she's my mother and blah blah blah. And then so then cut scene. Where she leaves him at the turbo lift to go to his room. Yeah, now keep in mind, during the conversation, he is very amiable and yes. nice. Right. Oh, yeah. They're chatting it up. Yeah. But she goes, she leaves, and they cut to, they like, they <laughs> fucking smash zoom to his face. And he's like, he might as well be just curling, twirling a mustache. That's exactly and rubbing what Rubbing his saying. hands together. <laughs> his face completely changes, and he's just like, mm. I'm gonna get you. <laughs> and then, uh, immediately after that, what she's getting ready for bed and she starts remembering weird shit. Yeah, right? the thing I didn't under that uh, kind of shocked me about this was because I hadn't seen the episode in in years because it's a it's a skipper as far as I was concerned. When you're rewatching, was that what uh, that Deanna was nothing but nice to him. So was this was this purely a sexual thing? power thing Don't and then rape, rape is power right so it so like she was nice to him and it wasn't like oh i'm gonna get her he was just like oh now i'm a tractor and i feel like the other ones were just i need to cover my tracks the other ones are definitely i need to cover my tracks right that's, that's yeah so no, she's having no a memory a memory of a poker game or and the, I, end of, the end of a poker game i also thought that even though like he she's nothing but nice to him and the whole power thing i also thought maybe it she was specifically targeted because not only does she say I can't read Yulians, mm-hmm. but also because of her ability, her empathic abilities. So I figured I, I thought that that might be part of it too. But she specifically says that she, her her empathetic powers do not work on Yulians, so that right. he can pretty much do whatever he wants because he knows that she won't be able to tell intent. Right. Um, I mean, I originally thought this whole episode was about him torturing Troy. I didn't know that it was that he got everybody. I mean, I couldn't. I couldn't tell you. It's been so long since I've yeah. seen it. I just, I do remember seeing the flashback of Picard with hair in yes. an episode, and I was like, I can't remember which one that was in, but it was in this one. <laughs> I will say, even though you were, you were talking about Keiko being probably your most hated character in Star Trek, one of my most hated phrases or words in Star Trek is in this episode. Hmm. What's that? Archaeologist of the mind. <laughs> yes. Mind rape? No. Um. The 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 term of endearment that Riker and Deanna. Oh, Emzadi. I fucking hate that term. <laughs> Every time I hear it, it makes my fucking skin crawl. Because that, like it's used in the pilot, and yeah. I'm like, what the fuck is Emzadi? Why is he calling her Emzadi? And then you, you learn that it's like kind of like a term of endearment. 
But it's so stupid. It sounds ridiculous. I hate I it. I can't remember. Do they call each other Emzadi, or does she call him that, or does he call her that? He definitely calls her that. Right. I swear in the pilot, doesn't she go Emzadi? Do you remember me? Yes, I'm pretty sure that she also calls him that, but I know for definite that he calls her that. Yeah, we also know the pilot. She called him Bill. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she she calls him Bill other you know, times. Like, yeah, it was like three episodes. Yeah. Bill. Bill Riker. <laughs> <laughs> it's they're very close. What do you want? Sounds like my mailman. It's not like she's calling him Willie. I'd rather Willie than Imzadi, I'll tell you that. Jesus. I hate that term. Anyway. So, yeah, so she remembers a poker game. That's where you were going. Right. You can continue. <laughs> oh, 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 so we can. Sorry, I didn't know I was the one describing it. Um, yeah, so she's remembering the poker game, and uh, as they're wrapping up at the other. Of a, Frolicking, rollicking night of poker, and Riker suddenly uh, gets the feels for her again. Uses your favorite term and is like, "Oh, don't you remember?" And I guess the original memory is that they were just like, "No, we can't. We we can't do this because we work together now." In the Does end. she mention that later, or you just think that that's what the original memory probably was? It seems like it was going in that direction, and then because she keeps, oh, someone's at the door. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, come in. Um, because uh, she they keep going over the memory a few times from the beginning because we we see those chips, the poker chips fall at least three or four times. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, so the memory's real, right? Yes. And I mean, do you think that her and Riker made out in the real the real memory? Uh, I mean, they could have. Oh well, I didn't either. Necessarily get the feeling from the memory that nothing happened necessarily, but the way it happens. Well, my memory could be wrong. Maybe I'm remembering it. Either way, uh, Jev (laughs) with the Yulian starts making Riker get very handsy with her in the memory, and then. Puts himself, overlays himself over Riker, and basically rapes Troy. Yes. Um, which mind was, rapes her? Yeah. Well, <laughs> he, he mind raped her and raped her in the memory. It looked like <laughs> registered trademark. Yeah. And then Troy falls. She's screaming. She's yelling, and she falls into a coma. And who finds her? Well, how do they... Did they say how they find her? No, they, they, say, they... Yeah, no, they say they, she... Yeah, the, the next scene in Act 2 opens up. She's already in sickbay. They don't do a scene where they find her. They just say she didn't show up for an appointment, so... Hmm. We, we went to her quarters and she was laying on the floor. So... Now begins the mystery. That right, we all yeah. know the answer to. <laughs> how did she end up in a coma? Now, Riker immediately suspects the Julian. Yeah. Which is, uh, I think, is a decent jump in logic. I guess in the sense because Crusher is like, there's no reason she should be like this. There's no illness. There's no infection. There's no nothing. She should be awake. The only thing that's changed on this fucking ship are these three people. Yeah, and then there was some... I'm sure there was some weird set uh, thing that she could track that we were like... 
you know, but she's supposed to have, it looks like this disease. Remember, that that was like the whole thing of it. But she doesn't have this part of the disease. Maybe it's mutated. I don't know. <laughs> well, when does the scene with Jordy happen? That's after Riker, right? That's where Jordy's, it's Jordy who's trying to figure out. And Data. It, it's Data, too, where they're yeah. trying to figure out the compounds on the ship. Uh-huh. Like, mm. what did, that's just Jordy, isn't yeah, it? That's just Jordy, yeah. I, that is a... <laughs> Fucking weirdo scene. Like, we need to kill some time in this episode. Dude, I love an episode where Jordy's fighting with the computer, though. <laughs> Every time Jordy's talking to that computer, it's like he's talking to a girlfriend. <laughs> Maybe that he sees her as a girlfriend through his visor. Who knows? Yeah. So, but anyway, the, 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 the point of the, the sick base scene, though, is that Dr. Crusher's like, she has all the symptoms of blah, blah, blah disease, but she's missing this one part. Elevated neutrino levels, or whatever the fuck she says. Um, and they're like, well, it can't be that then. And then now we're going to figure it out. And you're right, Riker is hot on the trail of wrapping this episode up in 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so he can play the trombone. Yeah. But... Is, yeah, so that I I do like to see where Riker goes into ten forward and confronts uh, Jev because it looked like he was going to knock him out. Yeah, he's very he's, like, he's treating Jev as a hostile witness. Yeah, in this in this regard, um, and Je- and rightly so because Jev is very standoffish. Like, whoa, whoa, you want to examine me? Because because basically Riker's like, look, we don't know what's going on. Can we take a look at you guys? Maybe something's going on. And he's like. Oh, I was with her last night, and she walked me to my thing, blah, blah, blah. And Riker's getting steamed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and he's like, but I will. I don't want to submit to this, and blah, blah, blah. And Riker's like, come on, man! <laughs> and finally, he does agree to being uh, examined, right? Yeah. He consents to the examination. Riker gives him the old look and walks away. And Je- they again, they cut the camera to Jev, and Jev's like, I'm so going to fucking mind rape you tonight. <laughs> And that's the next scene, right? Uh, no, that's when Riker goes to sit back and starts talking to Tiana. Oh, Jesus. I can't live without you. <laughs> I heard that uh, talking to coma patients helps them. I hate that. Every show where someone's in a coma, they say it's good if you talk to them. Yeah, we all know that. <laughs> we have to explain it to the audience. Come on. Yeah. But then after that, he goes back to his quarters and Riker gets mind-raped. Sort of. Right. And what's his memory? I don't remember his. His, his is, uh, there was an accident in engineering oh, and right. he has yeah. to shut the door on uh, an Ensign. Ensign Keller. Ensign Keller's still in there, Brian! <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he keeps reliving that and then Jeff shows up and starts being like, you let him die! You let Keller die! Yeah, and he's not even like... Disguising himself as anybody else. Well, I guess. Well, that'll come up later. Um. Why? Why that's not such a big deal? Because when Troy does eventually wake up, she doesn't remember even having the memory. Right. She, she doesn't remember having the memory. She doesn't remember. Yeah, she doesn't remember the dream right. or whatever she had, and that's they have to go and. Oh, I'll conveniently investigate myself. <laughs> uh, Alright, so Riker is now also in a coma 
There's a rash of comas on the ship now. Yeah, and, think, and at this I mean, this is like the next day. The next day, Riker goes into a coma after Troy. Right. At this point, I don't know how, in my mind, that Picard doesn't put the three of them in the fucking brig. Like, I understand it's kind of like a delicate situation, but come on. <laughs> well, do they know that Riker went to talk to Jim? Yeah! Did he say that? Did he tell somebody I'm going to go talk to them? I don't remember. Oh, you think Riker went rogue and did it on his own? <laughs> he may have. I mean, it is Deanna. He may have. Well, no, no, because he was going there to get them to consent to uh, a uh, medical exam. That doesn't mean that they knew that he was going to talk to them beforehand. Yeah, I just don't remember. Hmm. But yes, still, at this point, two people in a coma, the only thing that's really changed on the ship in the past couple of days are these three aliens who like to fuck around in people's minds. Yeah, it might not be a bad idea to quarantine them. Right. Actually, it says it right here. I'll read it to you. Crusher has found an electropathic residue in the thalamus, the memory center of both Troy and Riker. This suggests irisene syndrome. And that condition is ruled out because the two patients are not showing decreased histamine levels. Worf suggests quarantine the Yulians, but Picard says no. Fucking Picard. Fucking Worf and Riker, all business, baby. <laughs> oh, I forgot that they offered to uh, read uh, Worf's memories, right? Yeah. During the dinner, that was he was one of the people that they offered to read. And that's where you get the classic line that shows up a lot when people are doing mashups. Klingons do not allow themselves to be probed. <laughs> what? <laughs> it shows up a lot when people talk about Worf. I did not know that. Yeah. I didn't know that was a thing. But the big problem with all this is, with the histamine levels and all this, is that one Keiko O'Brien is perfectly fine. So how could it be the Yulians? Because nobody's ever changed the way they do things and done right. them <laughs> maliciously. That well, never happens. Granted, granted, at this point, they're probably thinking, is it, is it some kind of accidental thing going on and not a malicious thing so i guess that make that kind of tracks well it's a one to two <laughs> it's a true 66 percent chance of falling into a coma after dealing with them so so picard demir is away from uh, quarantining them now this is where uh jordy and data talk about illicine syndrome right and aren't they trying to figure out if there's something on the ship that would cause this this is when that happens i think no actually Riker. actually the next thing that happens is that uh crusher has her memory <laughs> fuck oh. with and this is her remembering when her husband was in the accident on the ship this is when picard shows her the dead body she has to identify, identify the it. husband yeah and this is when we see Picard with hair. Yes, which, which is, is disturbing. Very disturbing. <laughs> Especially because they're using like the the wide angle like fisheye lens, and mm-hmm. he looks like his nose is like three times larger than his face, and like it's very. And very instead of giving angle. him a full head of hair, they give him kind of like a partial, like he's going bald, sort of thing. Like at this point, I'd be like, dude, just let it go. But they also <laughs> have, they also have something on his face. Now is that? What's on Zed's face? That's not... The thing on his eye, or next to his eye. Is it to be like I, a bandage, maybe? That's what I thought it was, some kind of medical... There was some kind of... We never really... Know, I mean, maybe in another episode they do explain it, but I've always been kind of, like, nebulous on 
how Jack Crusher died and what... I know Picard was leading the mission, mm-hmm. but I don't know exactly what happened. Man, and many people use that to good effect on trying to drive a wedge between Beverly and Picard on different episodes, right? Doesn't yeah. Q... I know Q does. I don't know if Q... There's definitely an episode where Wesley like is like, I fucking hated you for a long time, Captain Picard. I'm almost um, positive Q tries to use that, too. Oh, I don't know. I do like the nice touch, though, that they put them back... He, they put him back in the Season 1 and 2 outfit for this. Oh, I didn't even realize that. But what I cannot stand is that any other time that Jack Crusher shows up, he's wearing the old movie for the original cast uniform, the kind of maroon thing with the big shoulder pads. Really? Yeah. Anytime he shows up, he's wearing that. And they even show Picard wearing that. In an, uh, an old episode where Q sends him back in time, where he quantum leaps into his younger body type thing. <laughs> I don't think I've ever realized that, but you know. Uh, it's a real nitpicky thing with, with I mean, it's not anything important, so whatever, they screwed up, um, you know. But we all this, know I hate Star Trek, so you know. Right. <laughs> this also, the guy who played Jack uh, Crusher in this has played him multiple times. They just didn't get some rando and stick him in here. They brought him back for other episodes. Well, that's good. Continuity. Yeah. I like it when they do that. Uh, so Beverly gets fucked with, and uh, he... Uh, we're not meant to believe that he rapes her, right? He just fucks with her memory, and she wakes up in a coma? Yeah, I think this th- at this point it's just bringing up traumatic memories and, and making them worse, apparently. Right, because once Riker shows up at their doorstep, he's under the impression that he's tar- being targeted, that they know. Yeah. So he's trying to clean up behind him. And now it's at the point where Troy wakes up. Right? Yes, yeah. And she can't remember what happened, and Jed offers to read her memories to see if he can see what happened to her that night. Right. The only thing you're skipping over, which is not that important, is that this is when Data and Jordy start investigating. You mean the thing I've been talking about the whole episode? Yeah. But it's really not that they're just like cross-referencing times and where these people are and, and the Irisene syndrome. It's really a time suck. It really is just meant to kill time in this episode because like, oh, well, we mentioned Irisene syndrome, so we should probably make sure that we show that we're ruling it out. But Jordy asks a million questions to the computer. Right, but then they do come up with like, well, maybe not everybody's as thorough as Dr. Crusher, and they categorize it as Irisene Syndrome. And then uh, that's when they start doing their little cross-referencing. <laughs> Enhance. Yeah. But again, <laughs> this is not really engaging because we know the answer. Well, we think we know the answer. Again. Again. The- I, we have a little differing on this, but I'm pretty sure I... <laughs> well, let's get, to the, let's get to that part then. So... Jed does the little nick and nick do on Deanna uh, and reads her memories. But in her memories, while originally it shows Jed, or does it just show Riker? I thought it showed Riker, then Jed, then Jed's father. No, I don't think you see Jeb at all. Oh, I thought that he was like making it look like the father was uh, making it look like it was him. But in the real memory, it's him. What I can't understand, what I don't remember though, and this is great for two people who are supposed to be talking about an episode, is why Jev is the one who conducted the memory thing and not the father. The father said he didn't want to have anything to do with it. 
Oh, and the mother... He walked she, out. Maybe she can't do it. I was going to say, we don't know what the mother can do. We haven't seen that. Thus, supposing us, making us think that the father is the one behind it. Right, because he's very standoffish. Right, but he's, again, I, I don't know if that's for us to believe or if to throw them off the trail. It's, I think it's for both, dude. I think it's yeah. really meant to put a red herring out there to be like, maybe it's the father. Because when we see now, instead of seeing Jev in the memory, it's the father. We're like, oh, maybe Jev is innocent. And what he's truly seeing is what really happened. So that's meant to really throw us off, even though, like I said, the mustache twirling and the hand rubbing kind of makes yeah, it see, all I, I See, I just didn't read it that way. I, I To me, it was just like, oh, no, don't let him do it. He's going to cover his tracks more. <laughs> yeah, so, but anyway. Yeah, it's it's either way you look at it, it's not good. He tries to make it look like it's the father. And then, I don't know, I fell asleep. I don't remember what the fuck happened, how this episode ends, dude. I do not. I cannot right now remember. I know I watched the whole thing. Cannot remember what happens. Uh, well, Jeff, by you know, he supports this. I can't believe it was my father. I apologize. Uh, we'll, we're gonna the Yulian legal system will take care of him. Um, I like that Picard's like uh, we don't have any laws against telepathic memory and vision. Um, and uh, then the father is still maintaining his innocence. Innocence. Meanwhile. Data and LaForge are hot on the trail of the Irisene Syndrome breadcrumbs. <laughs> um, and then eventually they figure it out and uh, zip zappity do they know it was Jeff. <laughs> That's how every episode should end. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I don't. I think they might have had the father locked up or something like that in the brig. Um, um, yeah, then they arrest him and that's pretty much it. And then the... I think the father or the mother is like, oh, he's got... Instead of just being like, he's a fucking psychopath. And maybe the father <laughs> made him this way by belittling him all the time. But I think they claim that he has some kind of illness that hasn't been shown up in their race in a really long time. Well, the other thing is that the the way they're able to nail it down is because they basically do contact tracing. Yeah, you're they, right. They do contact tracing on where the Yulians have been and see if any weird shit has happened where they've been. And reports come in that weird, unexplained comas happened in the exact same places where they have been. Now, is it maybe we're just where Zev has been or Jev has been? Or is it where all of them have been? I'm not sure. Well, they were following all three of them. But then they realized that there was one time that people got this irisene syndrome. And with the what is the father's name? Uh, Tarman was not there. But Jev was in every instance. It's Jeb, not the mother. <laughs> I guess the mother cannot do it because they rolled her out immediately. Oh, and Troy has a flashback to what really happened in her memory, and she sees Jeb for real, not right. Tarman. Yeah. So that's how all the shit goes down. All right. Episode's so, over. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not a fun episode because, well, one, there's rape going on. <laughs> And two, I mean, again, for me, you know the answer, so you're just watching the rest of the crew stumble around trying to get the answers. I still believe that, while I agree with you, I I felt pretty sure that it was the son. They are really trying to make it seem that it's the father, not only with his weird belittling of the son and being standoffish about not wanting to uh, do the memory check again, but then obviously that Jeff sticks him in the memory. 
I mean, it's hard to say. It's not the first time I've clearly seen the episode. Also, when I mean, like when you look at it on Netflix, there's a big picture of Jev. <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, really? Whenever I look at it on Netflix, it's the picture of Deanna on the ground. Oh, really? No, for me, it was always Jev. I think it was on, at the turbo lift when he was eyeballing Deanna when she was walking away. Yeah. So I was like, not, oh, he's the bad guy. Not a, uh, not a, not a barn burner of an episode. Not one I would recommend. Not terrible, but uh, is no, it has it's, no bearing on anything. Who cares? Yeah, it's a skipper. I mean, if you want to get a little background on Jack Crusher. Like, like barely. It, barely. If you want to hear Worf's famous quote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because otherwise, this has. Obviously, we never see the Yulians again. I can't imagine that mind rape is ever mentioned in the next two seasons. No, but it's definitely brought up in Nemesis, the movie. Really? Yeah, because. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Shinzon. <laughs> Picard's clone yeah <laughs> tom hardy uh mind rapes trey again in there as Riker. it's almost exactly the same thing huh talk about she, one of the movies i haven't seen in forever too yeah, yeah. and she might call him mzadi oh, please <laughs> fucking god damn it i hate it. it it's worth noting too that there was a character on voyager called inzadi or enzadi there was yeah, the uh, the remember the four Borg children that yeah. they adopt. Mm-hmm. One of them was like Enzati or something like that. Someone's got a hard on for that that name. <laughs> it's I don't know. Every time I hear it, my fucking skin crawls. I don't know why. I just it it it's just the word itself. And then whenever Riker says it, it's like ugh, vom. All right. So you want to hear some little interesting things about the production? Might as well. Um, originally, all the cast members were going to get raped. Yeah. And all have their own little memories. <laughs> uh, but they shortened it down. Even Ensign Rowe was going to get one. Oh, my God. Sorry, I didn't mean to yawn when you talked about <laughs> Ensign Rowe. Uh, I believe, too, uh, this is the first episode to be produced following the death of Gene Roddenberry. Oh, huh. I wonder if it had a, uh, a in memory. Uh, the no, the they do that. Um, they save that, which I don't know if it's before or after this. I mean, again, uh, while it might have been shot, who knows what order it went in mm. when it went in there. But I know they put the in memory for Gene Roddenberry in front of the Spock episode. Oh, uh, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then some other <laughs> flubs on here was that they screwed up and started. I don't know if you know this. Uh, for Star Trek VI, the Undiscovered Country, they shot a lot of that movie on redressed versions of the TNG set. Yes. And in this episode, some of that shit got mixed in. So there's some 23rd century panels <laughs> in certain scenes that they forgot to rip out. Oh, really? No, I do. Yeah. It's so I can never imagine that people notice that shit. I I mean I've I mean listen I'm very particular. I notice things like uniforms and stuff like that. I don't think I've ever would have noticed that. Huh. I like TV. 
<laughs> Other than that, it's a holy, in my opinion, unremarkable episode. Yeah. It very. I'm yeah. I'm looking forward to what our next episode is going to be. Yeah. This one gets a brand skipper. <laughs> This is not. This is not on your grand list of episodes. No, you need to this, watch. This, this doesn't make the watch list. All right. Well, but let's spin that wheel. And get this over with. All right. Insert wheel effect here. Oh, what? Wait. Before you do that, I was rewatching an episode of DS Nine the other day. Wait. Wait a second. You're not supposed to be rewatching anything. You're now on a Star Trek moratorium. You can only watch the episodes that we spin to for the next ten years. Uh, well, considering <laughs> for, <laughs> considering the first episode we did was one I had watched the night before. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit. <laughs> but there is, uh, it's in the first few episodes. There is a shot in there of it's dead quiet, Brian. And I'm sorry, which which one was this? This is Deep Space Nine. Okay. And Quark is spinning the Dabo wheel, and you can clearly record the noise there, because there is no background music, there is no background people talking, you just hear the wheel spin. You gotta give me the episode. I'll, I, I'll find it. I think it's episode four. Of what season? Of the whole show? One. Of one. Season one, episode oh, four. okay. Pretty sure. Oh, well, speaking of DS9. Oh, we going to DS9? <laughs> the Dabo wheel landed on DS9. Season 3, Episode 6, The Abandoned. Oh, God. All right. <laughs> I love how every time I spin the wheel, it's... Uh, which yeah, makes well. me wonder if you actually like Star Trek. Well, I I know a stinker. I'm pretty sure what this one's about. I couldn't tell you. Because I don't know anything about Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> That's how I feel about the abandoned. It's an... Yeah, you you learn some stuff. You learn some interesting things. Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. Uh, no. <laughs> what? Uh, the description has a Dabo girl in it, though, so that's good. There you go. Is it the Dabo girl? Who's the Dabo girl? Lita? Yeah. Yeah, Lita might be in this episode. I don't know. I hope so. It's a a Jem Hadar episode. Something to look forward to. Um, All right. So you're watching season three episode. Jeez, I don't remember what I said anymore. Five, nine. Uh, The Abandoned for DS9. That's our homework. Episode six. Episode six. Mm Mm-hmm. Just know that it's the abandoned. It might not be six of them. Right. It, it, the numbering's all weird, as we mentioned before. It's definitely DS9, and it is definitely season three. Uh, the episode is called The Abandoned. Join us here next week where we will discuss the show. Uh, in the meantime, you can hit us up either on our website, theprimedefective.com, and leave comments on the episode, or you can reach us on the Twitter machine at the Prime Def. Uh, or we are also members of the soon-to-be-named network, where you can reach us there or check out other shows in our said network. Mm-hmm. Yes. Many, many good shows there. If you like ours, you might like some of the comic book and other pop culturally, uh, pop culturally minded shows on there. Way to sell it, buddy. Hey, I'm all hype. Hey, if you like me, I'm on another show on there. <laughs> That's true. Or I don't talk about Star Trek. No. 
I talk about Star Wars. Quite different. No, I don't talk about Star Wars. Space, 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 space? I just can't stop saying space. I don't know what I was going to say there. You're in rare form today, buddy. Dude, I am just a fucking wreck. I don't know what the deal is. I was going to say Boots on the Moon. <laughs> I was going to say. What the fuck is that show now on Netflix? Space the, Force? Space Force. That's what I was going to say was Space Force. <laughs> yeah. Boots on the Moon. Pod- whole podcast about that show. No, I just meant in general for the real life Space Force. Oh, that too. Yeah. It all ties in together. Holy shit, this thing's a train wreck. All right. Man, we're going to make it under the 45-minute mark, I think. Sweet. Well, the shit I get out of here. All right, well, until next week, Joel on true, Jared. Joel on true, Brian. Welcome back to another episode of the Prime Defective Podcast. Never mind. <laughs> Every time. Because I was like, I'm going to go into the episode, what the episode is. I'm like, no, I have to introduce us. Brian, are you being mind raped right now? <laughs> That's a stinger, right? <laughs> Hi, welcome back to another episode of the Prime Defective Podcast. Uh, with me, as always, is Jared. I'm apparently Brian. Let me just hey. go that again. <laughs> Hey! <laughs> God damn it! <sighs> Doing the show solo, I guess. Yep. Hi, well, I heard that cat. Hi, welcome back to another. <clears throat> I hope these are all at the end. <laughs> no. Glaze and glee. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of the Prime. Jesus Christ. How many of them beards you had? Half one? Yeah. Mouth don't work. <laughs>